0: Hollywood is rated LGBT radio starring your host
1: Rob Watson.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to this installment of rated LGBT radio. I am your host Rob Watson. We, as always, have a really intriguing and wonderful show lined up for you. So sit back. Hope you enjoy it. Our focus today is on a incredibly talented and, more importantly, deep thinking musical artist. Uh, his name is Oscar Stembridge. He is Swedish and um, a sensation in Sweden and hitting the United States with his uh, songs and music and inspiration. Uh, One of the things that if you look him up, uh, there have been a couple of articles in the Los Angeles Blade about him, about his recent show in Los Angeles, and everyone focuses in on one thing about Oscar, and that is his age. Um, He is 15 years old. But um, that isn't really the focus I want to give him today because uh, I think we get lost sight in what he's all about when we just start focusing in on, oh, my gosh, you're so young. Oh, my gosh, you're so talented and so young and so young and so young. Um, If you listen to his music, his music is mature. Um, If you see his presence on stage, his stage presence is mature. Um, and so that's that's the focus. We're going to give it today um, So we are going to present to you the mature Oscar Stembridge. We also have a couple of his songs lined up to play for you So there is that treat in store as well um, Oscar also was the subject of a recent documentary by primitive planet and we have uh, the director of Primitive planet Brian Gregory here as well. So we're going to get into Oscar the film as well as Oscar the musician. Uh Uh, So exciting stuff laying ahead. We do have some things to cover, though, on the uh, current event front. And with that, I do want to welcome Brody Levesque to the show. Brody is the executive editor of the Los Angeles Blade magazine. Um, he is also the producer of the show and uh, co-host here. Uh, the Los Angeles Blade, and you can read it at LosAngelesBlade.com, is the up-and-coming news magazine that you should be checking out every day. It uh, just recently won the coveted Best Journalism Award from GLAAD, um, so is getting notoriety in the LGBTQ space. Um, it's represents outstanding journalism with focus on stories that are particularly of interest to the LGBT community. Um, And with that, uh, with the latest happenings, Brody Lebec. Hey, Brody. Hey, Rob.
3: Good afternoon, good morning, or good day to our listeners around the globe. Thank you for listening to us. Um, This has been kind of a dynamically sad week for the LGBTQ community, uh, not only just in Southern California, but across the country. We had a strong ally of the community, a 66-year-old mother and grandmother. She was the owner of the Magpie Clothing Boutique. Uh, She had two shops. One was up in Lake Arrowhead, which is a resort area in San Bernardino Mountains near San Bernardino, County or in San Bernardino County rather which is east of Los Angeles. She also had a location uh, in Studio City. Um, She was a huge huge ally of our community and she would hang pride flags outside of both establishments and one of those establishments was in Cedar Glen at Lake Arrowhead and hanging that flag cost her her life. 66 year old Laura Ann Carlton was shot dead Uh, in a dispute over that very pride flag last Friday. Uh, The suspect um, uh, pulled out a pistol after an argument and took her life. Uh, He himself was killed uh, by responding San Bernardino County sheriffs after he fired at them. Uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom said this. This is absolutely horrific. A shop owner has been shot and killed by a man after he criticized the pride flag hanging outside of her business. Lori Carlton leaves behind her husband and nine children. This disgusting hate has no place in California. Uh, As part of the coverage, myself and my media colleagues in Southern California and indeed across the country, uh, we went and researched the shooter. He had two active social media presence uh, on Gab channel and Twitter, both of which were horrifically homophobic racist, misogynistic, it was pretty ugly. Um, And unfortunately that he also had ties into some community groups, which have also caused problems uh, in local school boards across the United States uh, with the never ending parade of unceasing hate against our community. Uh, So it's been a double header. Um, In full transparency, I got a little annoyed. Actually, I got very annoyed. I wrote an op-ed. I would beseech all of you that hear my voice to read it, it's called I'm a War Correspondent, Reporting on Endless Anti-LGBTQ Violence. I'll let you guys make your own determination. But I want to say this. We are at a point now with society the way it is culturally. It's not just the United States. We are seeing it in the UK. We are seeing it in the European Union in places like Hungary and Poland. We're seeing it uh, in parts of Asia, principally Singapore and a few other places. You know, we need to have this discussion, we need to have these open discussions, you know, about the role of LGBTQ people, and the fact that, you know, we need to start being seen, we we really need to start being seen as people, not an issue, you know, the politics of it has got to stop. And until the politics of it doesn't stop, we're going to be forced, you know, to continue to have to contend with these situations. And now it's cost someone their life, the symbol of our community symbolizing our spirit. That's what a pride flag is. That's all it is. Okay? It's not a political statement. All right? It's just a symbol of our community. And someone got murdered over that. So I, I want i want you all to think about that very hard and long. Read my op-ed. Um, I promise you I kept my temper <clears throat> reined in. Rob can verify the fact that I think it's a little extreme.
2: Yeah, I want, I want to go, go ahead. ahead here on this. Um sure. Because, I, I, and actually what I'm going to echo is, This is required reading folks. You need to go to the Los Angeles Blade. Um, It is number two on the most popular list, should be number one, but the story about the shooting is number one. Um, Again, the title of it is called I'm a war correspondent reporting on endless anti-LGBTQ violence. Um, And obviously on this one, I'm a reader, not a writer, but um, here is the point that Brody made in the article that I think really needs to be thought about Um, everything he is saying right now absolutely important but he points out something incredibly important in this article and that is we are currently in a wave of terrorism and it is not just terrorism like 9-11 terrorism with people flying planes into an lgbtq center it is something that is a little more subtle Um, and I'm going to quote from the article. These campaigns are at a local level, school boards, state legislative bodies, all in what arguably is clearly defined as stochastic terrorism. Let me quickly trot out the definition of that term for those unaware, of which I was one. Stochastic terrorism is the public demonization of a person or group resulting in the incitement of a violent act which is statistically probable, but whose specifics cannot be predicted. In other words, all this nonsense that is going on that people want to take no accountability for of don't say gay and putting down gay people and woke commentary, et cetera, et cetera, and demonization of gay people where they're, they individually are not advocating violence, But the people in their community, all of which, by the way, thanks to Second Amendment ideology, have guns. And the outer fringes of those who are violent and angry and everything else take those dog whistles and are committing acts against individuals in our community. And that is in itself, in that whole bubble, in that umbrella, terrorism. That is what we're up against. And that is what Brody calls out in the article. And back to you, Brody, for the rest of your commentary.
3: Certainly. Um, I, I just want to kind of like switch gears here real quick. I want to give a shout out to Alice Osman, who is the brilliant author of the Heartstopper graphic novel series, which has become a hit success on Netflix, both season one and season two, which is currently streaming. Alice has done an amazing job of portraying LGBTQ youth and allies for the everyday Folks, I mean, even Oscar would probably agree with this, that he would recognize the characters as people he goes to school with. Um, and, and, it's, and it's an amazing thing. And also, she's queer, obviously. Uh, we also have another film based on a book by another queer uh, author, uh, Casey McQuiston, Red, White, and Royal Blue, which is the number one film on the Prime, uh, Prime Video, Prime, Amazon's uh, streaming service. And it's a it's a rom com, but they're both very light, but they're very much real, and it's it's portrayal of our community in such a way that doesn't make us look like a bunch of bloody vampires or evil. It just makes us look like the way we really want to see ourselves. Well, in the case of Alice's Heartstopper series, which is based on the graphic novel series, there is a public library, several public libraries, but one in particular in Mississippi that decided to yank the entire series, so it's no longer available to minors, okay? Mind you, there is absolutely nothing in Alice's books, okay, at all, that could be remotely sexualized. I mean, the kids kiss. That's it, okay? They hold hands. That's it. Yet, a school board, okay, got to the point where people started making comments about it, and then the library board got into it with their library and and then they pulled the series from the shelves. A final determination was made earlier this month that Heartstopper will now be available to a patron of the library. Yeah. As long as you're 18 years or older, Okay. And you know, this is the unfortunate truth and reality of it. And, you know, for me sitting as, you know, arguably the editor of the largest circulated gay newspaper in the U S it, it's annoying because it's, it's back to the whole thing that I keep harping on. We are a people, not a damn political issue. And I think it's time that we really saw that. You know, when I assigned one of my writers to cover Oscar uh, for the paper, you know, one of the natural ca- questions about Oscar came up. Is he an ally? And Oscar's absolutely an ally. Okay. But Oscar's also a symbolism of, you know, the kids of his generation and the generation just up above him. They get it. And I I think we need to probably spend a little bit more time focusing in on those that get it than those that don't get it. Uh, And with that, given I know for a fact what time it is in Sweden right now, I want to hand the show back to you. Um, If you guys get a chance, please go read my op-ed, because I really, really, really want to call attention to the fact that, you know, our community is under siege, and we seriously, seriously need to do something about it. With
2: that,
0: Rob, it's yours. Okay.
2: Yeah, well, before we go back, um, I do want to – point out that last night was the first debate <clears throat> with the Republican candidates um, for the primary, um, Sands the criminal, who um, was off doing other things instead of being on stage uh, with his compatriots. Um, and it was um, a pretty appalling display across the board. Um, for me, it highlighted the fact that um, Trump, i.e., the criminal, is not the issue is the symptom of a party that is sick and out of touch and um, I'm going to bring up some things during our, our discussion today about that but um, Brody any uh, any thoughts from you on on the display last night
3: it was appalling but to be honest with you I've come to expect that from the American conservatives honestly it's it just It's the degree of how ugly, ugly gets, to be honest with you.
2: They they didn't hone in on LGBTQ per se. Uh, uh, DeSantis worked in one thing about weeding out gender ideology out of the educational curriculum. Um, Of course, it had never been there, um, along with um, critical race theory, which he claimed to have weeded out, which, again, has never been part of the curriculum. Um, and what he's done is is very different than that. Um, they avoided that topic pretty much altogether um, in some cases they displayed a complete um, ignorance about government itself um, uh, you know so it was it was uh, it was it was a, a, a crap show, and we'll just leave it at that so I want to focus re. Orient and to our subject today, which is um, Sir Stenbridge and his music and the documentary that featured him. So I'm going to bring on our guests all at once and welcome both Oscar and Brian to the show. Um, welcome, gentlemen. How are you guys doing?
0: Hi, I'm doing hey, great, Rob. I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, thank I'm you good, Thank you so bro. much for this opportunity.
4: Yeah, thank you so our, much for letting me Yeah, thank you so much for letting me on uh, this show. I'm I'm really, really, really excited.
2: Um, Well, Oscar, I want to go ahead and start with you with a question from last night. Um, I just want to get your uh, opinion on it. I don't know if you follow U.S. politics very closely, um, and not that you you should be, Um, although God knows the disaster we create over here probably does have a ripple effect. But um, one of the candidates, uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, uh, who got a lot of the attention last night, um, he is basically trying to portray himself as Trump number two um, in his positioning and personality, um, made a declarative statement that will hit something near and dear to your heart. And he said flat out, global warming is a hoax. Um, what what wow. would your response be to him? And um, what do you think that says about a politician wanting to lead a country um, and for people of your generation?
4: Well, I mean, that is very much not true that climate change is a hoax. It is very much real. Um, the science has said that. For many years, fossil fuel companies have known that for many, many years. Um, So it's very real. And I think that's actually very um, insulting for someone who has, you know, gone on strikes, written two songs about the climate and trying to, you know, spread the awareness of it. Because, I mean, it's an actual crisis and it's um, happening right now as we speak. I mean, there's been a ton of... I mean, right now, I mean, in California, you guys have all of these floods. um, And that's a consequence of climate change is that there's more extreme weather which you wouldn't usually see and the fact to say that it's a hoax is
1: it's it's not
2: cool the um in our country um and and i promise not to focus on your age because i i actually respect you beyond your age because of what you do what you've done your art um that the there is a large portion of our voting population now that the youngest of which is only three years older than you are and, you know, and ages above that. And they make up an equal voting block to the older part of our generation, which is the baby boomers. Um, and it's the first time they, that the younger population has had such potential political clout um what what is your hope that they will do, and what do you think they will consider a priority
4: um I think many young people will just vote for more progressive ways when it comes to climate rights and other rights in countries um because the younger you are, the more well the more rights you want, which is just yeah, but um. Yeah, I think it's just they will vote more for more climate orientated rights and different types of rights in um, the upcoming uh, elections. So, yeah, that's what I think is going to
2: happen. Well, you've been you've been now doing your art and, and your music for a, a while and um you have incredible comfort on stage. Um my impression is that there's something innate in you that um, has made you pretty much ready at the get-go to get out there and sing and create and be your artistic self Um, and not to impose a philosophical belief on you, but let's just say for think of example that we all believed in reincarnation um, and, uh, Jimi Hendrix passed away in 1970. John Lennon passed away in 1980. Kurt Cobain passed away in 1994. Freddie Mercury passed away in 1991. All well before you were born. If you found out that you were a reincarnation of one of those four, which one do you think it would be?
4: um, Well, thank you for the kind words you said. Um, That's actually a very... That's a question I've actually never got. Um, I'll probably I'll, I'll probably have to say Kurt Cobain because, um, I mean, a lot of um, not only my friends but my fans have said that I look like him because of, um, I mean, I have blonde hair and he's kind of long, um, which is, I mean, I guess it's fair. It's, just, it's a fair thing. But, um, yeah, I think so because of that. But um, I don't think I could be Hendrix. I mean, I think his guitar skills are a bit... Um, just, just a, you know, just a tad over mine. I mean, he was the greatest, probably one of the greatest to ever touch a guitar. So, um, yeah, I would probably say Kurt because of how I look. Probably.
2: Well, actually, some of the conversations Kurt Cobain had remind me of of some of your thought process. So, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't deny that. I, I actually, my gut instinct was, I, I see a lot of Hendrix in you. So. Um, that that would have been where I would have put the money, but but we'll see. Anyway, you are your own person. I didn't mean to to put you in a box, but uh, just no, it, no, no. just I seems like you. yeah. I I just think you you seeing you even at a young age when you walked out on stage, you already owned it. It wasn't like like something that that seemed really super foreign to you. Um, you started out dealing with some pretty heavy-duty issues, though, and you've talked um, pretty openly about being bullied. What What was your bullying experience like? What were they bullying you over, and how did you deal with that?
4: Yeah, so when I was, I think, probably it was fourth grade, um, I got pretty bullied very badly, um, and they would do horrible stuff. It's actually, in the documentary, and um, so I think if you want to learn more, you should go watch it. That's it. It's not a plug, but anyway. Um, but, um... And uh, it it got really bad, and I felt really bad, and I had a bunch of mental issues because of it. Um, but they were they were basically bullied me because I was different. Um, everybody was like, you know, the, the classic macho sigma man who plays football and goes to the gym 24-7. Well, here I am, who is like... Um, Slightly skinny, has long blonde hair, isn't shaved um, hair, and plays music, and um, is a bit younger than everyone else. So, yeah, so I was basically just bullied and picked on, I mean, yeah, I I was very badly, because um, I was just different than everyone else. And that is the reality of things, is that bullies just, they just bully people who are different, or they bully someone just because they will, you know, want to inflict their pain on others um so yeah
2: yeah it's uh, do you feel like you're at a place where you've overcome uh, are you in the i've shown them look at me now or do you feel like you're still facing some of that
4: no oh gosh i feel so much better already um i mean it took kind of around three to four years to get out of that but um songwriting really helped me to get out of that especially my um ep 13 which is my debut ep um i wrote and uh that um really helped me because that was kind of like therapy for me um and uh it really helped me to get out of that but um yeah it took around four years to get out of that kind of mental you know cloudiness of it all but um yeah I, i'm doing a lot better now um i'm probably doing the best i've been for a long time so uh so, yeah I'm doing good. thank you for asking
2: good um well speaking of thirteen um we've got a couple of cuts that we want to play with your permission here um and I'd like you to set this one up for us um it's a song called don't lie to me what what was what, what did this song mean to you
4: um so don't lie to me is a song about how government and um are lying and sugarcoating about climate change and making it seem better than it actually is. And this is a very, very relevant song right now uh, if you think of everything that's going on. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's about that and how they just make everything look better than it actually is and to make change not happen.
2: Well, with that, uh, we are going to play Don't Lie to Me. And I personally would like to dedicate this uh, Vivek Mas- Raswami um, you need to listen to this song very very carefully
1: <laughs> sick and tired you'll be fine you see that's gonna be
2: right listening um you can get the uh ep 13 on itunes among other places and also on the ep is a an extended version of that song which um is um infectious you won't want to stop listening to it um thank
4: you I, so I want to bring that, in.
2: that a lot oh it's I, I love it i absolutely love it that is the absolute truth um and I want to bring Brian in on this uh, before we play the, your other cut. Um, Brian, you captured Oscar in a documentary film for Primitive Planet. Um, tell us about the Primitive Planet series and um, how you had the good taste to um, make Oscar part of that.
0: Oh, thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. And there's definitely, definitely a hint of John Lennon uh, with Oscar. Um, I got oh, I got to just throw totally. that in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you're going to play What If, but when, when you hear we that are. song, if no one's heard it yet, yeah. um, uh, you can definitely feel the vibe. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we uh, were fortunate enough um, to have been doing a lot of outdoor adventure shows for about 13 years. And we had a, a break of about four to five months and we were trying to figure out what could we do um, to help some other people out there that are trying to spread their message about the climate and Oscars had always been kind of known to us uh, because we've done a, a agreed about a lot of the same things when it comes to conservation and uh, so when we announced and decided to do the documentary series he was one of the first on our list and fortunately um, he agreed to it and it's it's just been such a wonderful experience to be able to I mean when you look at social media and you see you know, this good-looking kid who's got this guitar and he's a rock star and he kind of looks like Kurt Cobain and he's on tour and he's doing these great shows, you don't hear the story behind it. Um, And that's kind of what we wanted to capture was what is that really like? What is that life really like? And that's when you get topics about bullying and the climate. And if you see the comments on the recently posted film, Most people are talking not just about how great the music is, but they they gravitate towards those stories um, because that's not something the average person gets to see and hear on social media. And I think um, that's important um, for a lot of the younger viewers out there that that tend to think social media like they're untouchable and they're all perfect um, when, in fact, we're all kind of the same, kind of which gets back to the topic um, that you started with. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of how that all uh, came about.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and yes, we're we're I I totally agree with you on the the John Lennon reference and we we <laughs> do have what if uh queued up so we're going to play that and uh, people will get to hear what what you and I both hear in it. Um but before we get to that, Oster, I want to go back to and this is portrayed in the film that um you have a book that uh the title of or the cover of the book, it's a journal is if Oscar ruled the world, and it's full of your different notes. Um, what yeah. what is hidden in that book that um, people don't know about?
4: So yeah, so my Oscar's plans to take over the world book. Um, it is a book I used to write down all my notes and stuff in, and um, and yeah, I mean it was um, it was I, I basically wrote down all the ideas. Um, for the EP. And if you actually look at the album art uh, um, from uh, the cover of the EP 13, that was actually the notebook. So I just took a photo of um, the two pages and the mind map and I just put that as the album cover. And um, and yeah, so I just kind of did a mind map and then I just kind of pieced up together um, with that notebook. Um, and also wrote down, like, how did I want it to sound, what was the inspirations, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, and it has survived for a long time, and it is currently um, not doing too well.
2: Oh. <laughs> it is Getting a uh, under
1: maintenance.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, we'll preserve it. It, it. It's going to go into a museum someday, and so it needs to be... Uh, You know, somewhat intact, although although it needs to be used as well. But the mind map is absolutely fascinating. And I hope people do look at the cover and look at it. I mean, really look at it carefully um, because it it is that sphere of ideas swirling around in kind of a map. And I actually have some notes from it. Um, It includes, and this is not the total of it, but includes comments like, blame it on me. A life online, boyfriends, girlfriends, fear of the future is everybody stupid? Question mark. Lies, lies, lies. Kids are cruel, and uh, drinking in the woods. So um, take us through some of those thoughts. Um, you know what? What? Uh, what is the fear of the future? What does that mean for you?
4: I am um, okay. So I think that idea was like the fear of what's going to happen with the future like what's going to be happening because you know there's all the climate stuff but there's also just like you know there's you know the Russia Ukraine war and there's all the thing about nukes and uh, and all that stuff which also terrifies me a lot cuz the concept of one bomb destroying like in a whole thing is just you know terrifying and and it's just also, I mean, it's just really about what's going to happen with my generation because we are the ones who's basically going to have to clean up this mess um and we and I'm very worried if we're going to be able to do that in time um but yeah, um, that's what yeah. that idea is, but I actually forgot about that um are we all just stupid one? I actually forgot <laughs> that I did that one that was really funny
2: <laughs> and what was that about? Who who was being stupid that inspired you to uh, jot that one down?
4: I think it was more that, like, what are we doing? Type of stupid. It was more like what are the actions we're taking, which is stupid. I think I can't one hundred percent remember. I mean, it's nearly, it's probably two years over two years ago since I wrote that mind map. So uh, yeah, but uh, I, I I think it's just that we're all stupid, to be honest. I think that's probably what it is. Well, it, it
2: it actually is it's actually super pointed because one of the things that and, and this is not an issue that you necessarily cover. I mean, God knows you cover so many issues that are going on in the world, but American teenagers have one added one because we are in this insane culture here where a lot of the population adores their guns, and you know there there's a big fight on how legal gun ownership should be and we have these school shootings and so that is something that is become a part of the the American teen life but the issue itself really I think falls under that category is everybody stupid because it is yeah. it is insane you know the the, the answers are out there in, in other countries around the world have essentially solved that question um, by dealing with guns in their society and not letting them be prevalent um, to the way they are in America. So, you know, a good question and, you know, really great broad application around it. Um, but yeah. if, if you don't uh, mind, I, mean, I want go, this... go ahead. Yeah.
4: Oh, I was just about to say, like, I've seen, like, all this, stuff about the shootings and school shootings in the U.S. I mean, it's absolutely horrific. I can only imagine like how that feels like to go through as well. But, um, I mean, every time something like that happens or one of the big ones happens, it always reports it. But luckily, um, in Sweden and in uh, probably, most, I think, all of Europe, there are no laws that, like, you can just go into, a, like, a supermarket and then just buy a gun. You know that that doesn't exist. Like um, in Europe, like you, you can't get a gun. So yeah, I'm I'm very privileged, but I can only imagine
2: those I'm people. And 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 you guys have the experience that comes from not that not being able to happen. Um, it is it is just a you know no no issues are in vacuums, but um, the. <laughs> Like the thing we were talking about at the top of the show with uh, Brody's article about what is happening with um, LGBTQ people around the country under fire. Um, Part of the under fire part is is not just because the sentiment is out there, but it's because the people who have that sentiment and the outliers who can be violent and have no muzzle literally on their behavior – do have access to guns, which makes them not only mentally dangerous but literally, physically, and ever-presently dangerous. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that that's a that's an issue out there. But I do want to put on your uh, John Lennon cloak now, um, because um, as Brian <laughs> said, yes, um, you definitely uh, have have channeled. John Lennon, um, he felt it. I definitely feel it. Um, and I do have the song, What If, ready to go here. Uh, tell us a little bit about this song and um, your inspirations behind it.
4: Yeah, it's funny that you guys say John Lennon. I'm actually very happy about that because, um, I mean, it was inspired by his song, Imagine. And I have him on. So right now I'm in my kind of video slash music room. And he's literally on, If if I look straight, at the the screen, which I'm looking at now, and then look a little bit at the right. He's right there on the wall. So that's really cool that you say that, um, that the song sounds like him. So thank you. But um, the actual song is about, um, so when I wrote it, it was in the beginning of March last year. And that was the time when, you know, it was still all the climate stuff, with food prices and electricity prices and food security stuff. Um, and also it was the Russian-Ukraine war and the you know the beginning of that and um, it kind of just became a, a little bit too much for me and um, so I just needed to get my th- feelings out and I wrote like a song and I was my, the whole idea was ah oh, what if there was nothing of this and it was replaced by something positive so like for example what if the hate was love that's turning a negative into a positive so that was the whole idea behind the song and yeah I'm very proud of it. It's one of my favorite songs I've written, and I really like that you guys like it.
2: <laughs> oh, I actually love it. And uh, this one I'm going to dedicate to um, all of us. So here is "What If" by Oscar Stonebridge. Or
1: if the hay was love, or if the sky was green, and all the bombs were confetti. And I loved all of me What if the old was new What if the sick were few And we could soothe the pain And turn our tears into rain What if the cruelest minds Suddenly felt the burden What if there was no me? Could I still be breathing What if the time just stops And we could stay right here What if we swallow that funeral Cause that thing won't we feel Every house a home. What if nobody felt lonely and had someone to hold? If I'm a fool for dreaming, then what is left for
2: me? Ugh oh, just absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I mean, that's just so, so wonderful, much, in, in, incredible piece. So, Oscar, um, normally when I do a podcast and we have an artist on, um, I usually get first crack at the LA Blade on writing them up and everything else. Um, this time, um, thank you, Brody <clears throat> Um,
1: I'm
2: the last on the bus. You've been interviewed by a couple of Los Angeles Blade writers and um, – uh, they they there are and for those listening please do check out the articles on Oscar um they're they're really wonderful um but one of the things that you did tell one of the writers was you are working on some new stuff and it is really 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 good what what can you tell us about what is up coming up in the future yeah
4: so um um as that probably means um, I'm writing my debut album uh, and uh i'm really excited i actually played um four songs off the new um off the new project um in my uh us shows in the la and in the austin show and people um i can probably say this but um they, i played a song called idiots which is about heartbreak um, and it's on this album and people really really liked that song and they also liked all the other ones i played as well um can't say those don't so want it to leak you know on the internet cuz bad uh, oh, okay. but um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, people took it really well, and yeah, I'm basically, right now, I'm just writing every day, every other day, um, and just coming up with as much stuff as possible, and then narrowing it down, taking the best ones. So I have, like, around six songs, which I think are really, really good, and the next four, I'm just constantly, you know, constantly writing right now, and um, and I'm probably going to release something in full, I'm really excited about it.
2: Well, I I can't wait. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what what comes next. Um, do you part musically with your new material in any way from your past or is there is it more rock, more one direction than the other or um a continuation of kind of the indie pop sound?
4: I mean, there's probably a lot of change because I've matured both musically and Um, And and personally, I mean, I'm not the same person as I was two and a half years ago when I wrote 13. But, um, uh, yeah, there's probably a lot of change, a lot of change in the sound, a bit more. I mean, there's some stuff which I've polished and then there's some stuff that's a bit more experimental than the other one. Um, But there's like, I mean, it's probably now a bit more edgy, uh, uh, maybe. But um, I think there's a common theme around it. I don't want to spoil it too much, but there is a common theme around these songs which I'm writing to get into a mood and write a song. Because for me, an album is not, or an EP, it's not just like a playlist where you, like it can be thoughtful, yes, but it's not just a bunch of collections of songs. It's a, an art project. And I think an artist that does this really well and who is an inspiration when it comes to this is an artist called Jake. He made his album, his debut album, and it was like a story and it was really, really cool. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking kind of in the same way, that it's not just a collection of songs. Um, it's an art project, and I, you know, I'm taking my time with it to get it perfect for you guys.
2: Um, I, well, I can't wait. It, it sounds wonderful. Um, you are, obviously, one of the big themes in a lot of your material is people being themselves. In fact, um, on your EP... You have a song about, you know, don't present your fake front. I want to see the real you. Um, what uh, what would your message be both to LGBTQ people, maybe young people that are trying to navigate who they actually are? And if somebody asks you directly, Oscar, what is your authentic self? What would your answer be? I
4: think
2: for I mean, this doesn't
4: apply just for LGBTQ people, but this applies for everyone. I think everybody should just—I mean, everybody should just, you know, be themselves. And if you don't know, you know, who you want to be, that's also okay. I mean, time will solve that for you. But um, it's funny that you mentioned Fake Front because uh, Fake Front was all about dropping all the facades, you know, and being yourself, and and then you can find, you know, your you know, your homies and your and your and your you know, the boys or you know, your friends and and that's like who you'll be for your life and that does not have to be permanent, but it's just about being your authentic true self because at the end of the day, I mean, if you're you know, whatever, it's your life. And you only live once. And um and for me personally I wanna live my life for the fullest. So I think everybody should be able to live their life to the fullest by being who they want to be, and not letting a someone tell who they want to be, or so, tell or someone in the corporate jacket tell who they have to be. They should just be
1: themselves.
2: No, absolutely. Um, one one thing, and this is um, shown in um, Brian's film and uh, and talked about, but uh, you've got uh, a good association with uh, Greta Thunberg. You know, and you guys are obviously both very key in the global warming and climate change um, issue. Um, what, what, what is the depth of that association, and and have you learned and contributed and inspired each other?
4: So um, when um, I met Greta for the first time, she was really nice, um, and she always has been. She's a very read up. Person and she's very, of course, she's really interested in what's going on. So am I. So I think we've connected a lot over that. But um, she's just a really down-to-earth person, um, and um, and she, I mean, was an inspiration for my first song that I like properly wrote, uh, which was a song called um, We March. Which I, uh, I mean, I decided to release that song, and uh, yeah, it was the first song I like properly, properly wrote. Um, and decide to release and um, and she was the inspiration about that song, so um, yeah
2: no that's that's brilliant in your new material, you know obviously, um, climate change has been an issue, um, and even war and that hardship has been an issue in your previous material, not getting into specifics or leaking anything, but what what kind of issue type stuff do you deal with, or do you?
4: Um sorry could you repeat that you kind of cut um, through a half uh, in the middle of the sentence. <laughs> oh
2: sorry sorry. Um yeah no, what um are there any specific like global issues that you are working with in your new material? Um current events. Ah, okay. Type things.
4: I think I mean I'm definitely still writing about you know climate change and um And still about being yourself um, and, you know, how I felt when I was, you know, in a darker place. But I think I'm now also writing more about, you know, heartache and love and just things that, you know, us teenagers go through, you know. Because at the end of the day, I'm still 15 years old. I don't have all the answers. Um, Definitely, I should not have either because, I mean, I'm young and I mean, I've not fully grown up yet. I'm not an adult yet um so um so yeah, I'm also just writing about what's happening in my life as a teenager um, and I think that's also important for people to here to just kind of listen to things with a different perspective, I believe I think I think i mean, yeah, I think that's a good thing.
2: No, I I think so, too. Um, So, Oscar, give us a little housekeeping stuff. Uh, Where can they find your current materials, um, your music, including, like, uh, different uh, collectible items, et cetera? um, And where can they find out about when the new material becomes available?
4: So, I am on all social media platforms youtube facebook instagram twitter well now it's x but you name, you name it i'm on everything and um my name is Oscar Stenbridge. and if you want to check out my website it's just OscarStenbridge.com. that's where like you can get all the information when i'm like touring or you know doing anything special um but if you really want to you know get engaged with me then follow my social media it's all the same name um and if you want to yeah. listen to my music you can find it on um, Spotify, Apple Music, um, I believe iTunes as well, because uh, that um, that's a thing still, and I really think that's really cool that people still you know, buy music. I do have to ask, do you guys <laughs> buy vinyl? Do you buy vinyl?
2: I, it, it is available. I don't buy vinyl anymore. Um, I never loved vinyl when it was a thing. 'Cause it skipped and even though the sound quality was was good it, it, it you you always took a risk that you were gonna get a record that wasn't kinda perfect. Um but uh I'm I've long gone to electronic but I still do I still am old fashioned enough that I like to buy my music and have it on my device. Um and rather yeah. have it in the streaming world. And and I did actually purchase thirteen, so that is on my, oh, and this is so going much. to date me, my my I, my i iPod, which, yes, I do still have an iPod. So, that's awesome. Um, I do want to pivot. <laughs> that's amazing. Now, now I
4: remember <laughs> at my grandparents' house, they had an iPod, which, like, didn't work. Oh, my God, And I was, like, the only time I saw an iPod and held one. And that's, like, <laughs> that's crazy that you have one and it still works.
2: Because Apple doesn't make oh, it anymore. Yeah, no, The iPod uh, Touch
4: got discontinued like two years ago.
2: Oh, I, I actually bought one that, even though it was discontinued, so I could load up more music. I've, I've got 25,000 songs on it, so it's, but I like oh, having carrying that around with me. So, yeah. but, um, I that's more than I have my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why I have it, because <laughs> <laughs> it holds more than my phone would. <laughs> that, that there is method to my madness, um, but Brian, I want to first of all, I want to congratulate mm-hmm. you for winning the grand jury award recently for your screenplay, Pop. Um, how do people find <laughs> more on Primitive Planet and um, everything you have to offer there?
0: Right. Um, thank you. Uh, we have a website, PrimitivePlanet.com, and we're also on Instagram. Um, those would be the primary channels for social media, and then we have Vimeo. Uh, which is also Primitive Planet where you can actually see Oscar's documentary uh, along with the other ones and uh YouTube uh is Primitive Planet films. Um and I am happy to say too um we have just submitted Oscar's film to seven film festivals. Uh so we'll see what happens. Um but maybe uh wow. we'll see you guys out on the road. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's Oh cool man, slide. that's That is that's very exciting and um Hopefully hopefully they hit the film festival at the time when you're releasing material, Oscar. That would, just sort from of my marketing hat, that would be an awesome tie-in for those <laughs> things to happen together. But, you know, it's up to you guys. Um, yeah, that would be great. Uh, Brian, Brian, what else is up for you? What what film are you working on now?
0: Uh, so we actually are going to release, maybe within the next few days, a documentary with a kid from out in your neck of the woods, Southern California. His name is Colton Etwine, and he's a world champion skimboarder. Uh, that's up to a lot of cool stuff, uh, really action-packed documentary. So uh, that'll be next. And then we have a couple goal goalkeeper brothers from Spain. Uh, and they'll kind of wrap up our five-part documentary series. And then we'll maybe take a look at doing another round.
2: Excellent. Very cool. That's so so wonderful and um, exciting. Um, Oscar, we are down to our last three minutes. Um, I want to give you 2 of those minutes to, you know, put out your thoughts to the world. What 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 is the all important message that you want especially people of your generation to be wrapped around right now? Um
4: I think that people should be themselves. They should be able to do what they want to do with their life and even if someone says, "Oh, you can't do that." Just do it anyway. Um uh, of course, if it's legal. Um don't just don't go and harm somebody but uh... yeah just do what you want to do in life and i do want to say before we inevitably have to end this podcast um... i just want to touch up on how amazing it has been to be able to work with brian um... from from the planet i mean like i mean it's quite daunting to have someone say i must be honest this it was very daunting to have someone say um... hey i want to make a documentary about you and that was very cool um... but i mean he was here um, where we live for a few days and we filmed everything. And it was really, really cool to be able to do that. Um, and um, I'm just so grateful for being able to get this opportunity to create something awesome with Brian. So I just want to say thank you, Brian. And everybody should watch the documentary. It's out on Vimeo and YouTube, I
0: believe. Agreed, agreed. Thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, go go check those out. Um, again, check check out Oscar's music. Oscar Stenbridge um, for old togies like me. You can find it on iTunes. If you're young and happening, you know, all your streaming services. um, And check out all of his social media. Um, Also, it is PrimitivePlanet.com for the films besides YouTube and Vimeo, which um, check those out. Um, Guys, keep us posted as new stuff gets released. We definitely will get the word out for people um, you know, to, to continue to follow you and continue to be inspired by both of your, your work. Um, and that's it for us for this week. This is um, Rated LGBT Radio. We will be back again next week with another fascinating show. Um, definitely tune in and check that out. And don't forget to read the Los Angeles Blade at losangelesblade.com. That is it for us, and we are out for another week.
0: You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio.